This is the Bushwick Variety Show, and I'm Alex Stevens III. Greetings, neighbors, friends, citizens of the world, and conscious beings of all various types. Thank you so much for listening to the Bushwick Variety Show. This is episode number 50. Episode number 50 features 90s productions, or the 90s. They are a theater music collective from Amsterdam. We are working on bringing over a production they did over there called Untitled, based on the 80s show TV Party, and doing a production of it here in New York City, hopefully sometime in 2019. They were brought over by the Cola Connection, which my wife is one half of, and uh, they were here this past week checking out New York, checking out the theater scene, and getting to know some of us. Uh, I had a great time talking with them. I was This was Yannick and Anna Micah. Um, yeah, I had a great time talking with them on this. I'm sorry for the later release in the day of this. Uh, they have an event tonight that they're doing, and they talk about it at the end of the podcast. Um, it's probably happening right now as you're listening to this, if you listen to this right when it comes out on Apple Podcasts. But in any case, uh, I had a great time talking with them. And uh, I'm a little bit hectic right now because I'm going to fly out early tomorrow morning to support my mom who is has a case because she did some direct action um, for climate control. Um, I'm super proud of her. I'm going to fly out tomorrow morning. Um, so that's that's what's going on with me. Episode 50. Thank you for listening so far. Um, but let's listen to this great conversation with Anna Micah and Yannick from the 90s productions. Let's have a conversation. Yeah, so I'm going to go ahead and just get it going. Uh, sure. What did you guys do today? Well, uh, first we had a big walk to Red Hook, and uh, we passed the invisible dog and tried to see if something was going on, but... There wasn't it wasn't open yet, and then we walked on to um, to Pioneer Works. And we meet up with this guy. I think he, he was the music programmer. Yeah. Yeah. And um, see if that might be a good place to collaborate for this project. Nice. Um. And you guys are the core of the 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, why don't you each introduce yourself so people listening can know who they're listening to? I start. I am Anna Maike and um, founder of a Theater Collective 90s Productions. And we're based in Amsterdam. And uh, most of the time I direct. Hold on, I'm going to have you do that one more time. Sorry. That's cool. Technical stuff. All right, one more <laughs> time. Anna Micah, you are? Uh, I am the founder of 90s Productions, a theater collective. We're based in Amsterdam, and uh, most of the time I direct. It's a small group consisting of me, Yannick, and Floor. Very Dutch names, all of them. <laughs> and we make um, site-specific theater 
in a in a collective way and mostly uh, with a lot of live music on stage. I'm still trying to see if I know all the right words in English to describe what we're doing because I feel like maybe around here uh, the definition is not so known. In in Holland we just say we make music theater. And then you guys will ask and me, is that a musical? Right. But it's not. <laughs> and I think um, like we do have, we do kind of know what that is and there are shows that we have but we don't have a specific term for yeah. it. Like there's yeah. just shows where it's like, oh yeah, there's music. Like we just are like, oh yeah, there's music in this show, but it's not a musical. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, or there's musical elements, but it's not a musical per se. No. Yeah. Yeah. There's and I heard a ter term of uh, uh, inter... The, the, the Multi disciplinary. Yeah. yeah. But then that's also a very wide range of kind of kinds of theater. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you're Yannick, who I'm talking to. I'm also. Yannick. Yeah. Yannick. Hi there. Uh, yeah. So I'm uh, I'm a third of '90s productions, and um, I'm an I'm most mo mostly uh, performing, and so we make together. But most of the time, I'm on stage as a performer and musician and actor. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, and what do you pl do? You play multiple instruments or? Yeah, so so uh, all kinds of instruments, a little bit, <laughs> so a little bit of uh, guitar and a little bit of keys, uh, but I also use Ableton to produce music. Yeah, that's uh, that's me actually. Also, like, uh, <laughs> I can play a few different instruments, but not well. Most yeah, of them, yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, but you sing too and stuff. Yeah. And uh, we always try to collaborate with really good musicians, and then that's for me somebody to hang on to yeah. and uh, and support. Yeah. And then Floor is the one who's not here. Right, right. And she uh, she's a dramaturg. I don't know if that's a term here. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, she also writes, and she's also a director. Um, she makes movies and. Uh, also writes for for our theater yeah nice yeah um and then is it kind of uh you guys kind of do devised theater what's devised devised is uh it's kind of like you you may have an idea that you start with but you don't know what the script is actually going to be in the beginning of the process right. so the script kind of yeah evolves organically yeah yeah so we it's um So we say that we are a collective because we work collectively and try to kind of avoid that the director already knows um, uh, what the play is going to be like. And then for each project, we invite a group of bunch of actors, musicians, blah, 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 to work with. And then we form a new collective that is just for that production. Mm -hmm. And then um, we explain to the group where our fascination for the or the main theme is based on and what we want to research with that project. And then we just try to start all on the same level, on the same page. Yes. Nice. Yeah. So, so uh, with the three of us, we develop the theme or the subject and we encounter our, our mutual fascination for something. And then we try to explore why we are fascinated by that and how it's uh, mixed with popular culture now and, and how people relate to that. 
and it's always uh, a matter of collecting all kinds of different perspectives on, on, on that theme, which makes the content of the play. So, uh, for instance, we made a play about um, uh, the, the new digital age and how we are scared of eliminating human beingness, <laughs> if that's a word. And, uh, uh, and then we have the, the temporary collective and we collect all the different opinions about that and how big your anxiety is for modern ages and how big your anxiety is and so on and that's how we make a collage of all those different uh yeah perspective on that subject yeah yeah nice um what was that piece called uh noir because we 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 stumbled upon a parallel with the with the noir from the 40s and the 50s the film noir because that was also uh dystopian aesthetic based on the shifts in society um which were actually quite the same as now with yeah anxiety. it's very dystopian right now i would yeah. say as well <laughs> yeah um yeah i was gonna ask actually about that like with um like i certainly don't think so i've done some devised theaters i was telling you about a little bit before um, most of the ones that i've done dealt very much like with politics and race and stuff um like not that they that's just kind of what the a couple of them and it was different projects had in common was that they were started with that um i certainly don't think that all theater has to do that um but so for instance uh untitled um me not knowing that would you say that it kind of that comes up a little bit, maybe to bigger and lesser degrees, just because it's hard for that not to. You know, well, what I mean? in in Holland, I mean, race and and politics is a, is a is a big topic too. But like the the the, the population is uh, far less mixed, so mm. they're not so in the open, and the art is is dealing with it. But here, it's it it seems to be like so deep in the DNA of artists uh, that you can't like come around it. Like, like it's, it's inevitable to talk about those things when you talk about art here. So the Untitled Project here is, I think it's inevitable uh, right. about those topics. Yeah. While in Holland, yeah, there are also a lot of artists that don't relate with that per se. That's an interesting thing, just thinking of like my perspective on Holland versus here. Um, there's a lot of things that are very appealing to me about Holland and like but and thinking about Europe in general versus here, or like South Africa is another one, um, that Europe has thousands of years of history and has had you know a lot of like racial issues too, but it's been like a part of the history, um, like that where different things have happened and are, are I'm sure still factors and things to deal with, even if they're not out in the open. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Whereas like the U S straight up kind of the history of it has everything to do with it. So it's not just that it's like embedded in the DNA of the artist. It's like embedded in the, the people here. Yeah. Um, so then, yeah, yeah it kind of tends to come out. 
Yeah, yeah but I, and I, I also believe that Holland is a bit. I mean, we're in a way modern in uh, in uh, the theater that we make, but we're also far behind in like everywhere in rep- representing all groups and all subjects. Yeah. yeah. I mean, theater world is in general very, very white and very, very elite. elite. Yeah. So that's this, yeah, that's definitely uh, an uh, issue. An issue. And um, that's also something that uh, the government now takes more and more responsibility for that, you know, they're, they're planning to, to put in a code where, um, uh, companies and uh, every cultural organization needs to work for uh, with a code of you know representing be more inclusive so no it's definitely a, to- a topic cool yeah and it's good yeah because <laughs> we are be- i feel that we are behind and then yeah. and then it's complicated because we deal with these debates here like, yeah so here you have affirmative action which is i do su- like definitely support it um because so the argument against affirmative action is like well um, some people got the job just because they needed, like, black people or they mm. didn't have any, like, diversity. Um, but the flaw in the argument is that the people that are getting these things, like, the people that do get considered, um, they still have to be educated. They still have to be qualified and good also. It's just a matter of, for years, like, qualified and good people weren't even getting the opportunity yeah. Um, some right sometimes straight out like they said it it's not you know yeah yeah um, but then you don't want tokenism so it's like well, which is tokenism tokenism is it's the same thing but it's like if um a company were to hire me because they're like oh we don't have any black people but it's like not they don't really value me I'm just there. You're to like qualified because quota. of your cultural background. Like, even if I'm qualified, they're not really considering me. They're just like, okay, yeah. like this person will be a part of the company and then we won't deal with any of the, right. we won't actually, you know, include them. Just check really. a box. Yeah. It just checks a box. So that's yeah. like, you don't want that either. And you, you know, you don't want that in art either where it's like, yeah, just put this person and don't, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's work that has to be done. So, yeah, yeah but maybe it is, um, uh, maybe it is necessary that you say, okay, f- uh, let everybody check the boxes and then something new will... For a period of time. Yeah, yeah. something. Just throw So maybe things. it is the way. It's not, it's not, it doesn't feel nice and it doesn't... Uh, it's not really natural or... But maybe that's not just the way. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know we were going to get going down, the, but this is good. You know what I mean? Um, I'm excited about what you guys are doing what you guys are doing here so it's fun to talk about you know actual things that yeah you know what i mean aren't the easy but it's not that hard either once you start talking about it you know what i mean i think that's one of the big things people get scared to talk about it because they don't want to say the wrong thing yeah and it's like people you're sometimes you're gonna say the wrong thing the first night you guys were here you know we saw that play antigone and ferguson and I, you know, I think most of the audience was kind of on the same page, but still, there's different perspectives. Definitely, and not everybody said things that everybody agreed with. But it's like when you sit and talk things out, yeah, it doesn't have to be 
an argument because we have different views. You know what I mean? We can like sit and listen and it's like the, the place to start, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, I really liked But that night. I thought it was special that the, the um, it was on many levels, uh, a, like progressive yeah. move, yeah, move, or I don't know, uh, just a mix of actors, mix of topics, kind of a mixed audience. Uh, And yeah. there were, because um, you, you know, the issue... You know what the issue was about. Yeah. 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 Um, and there were police officers that were yeah. in the choir. Um, yeah. One of them was like high up in Ferguson, uh, a black woman, but like a police officer. Yeah. And there were a couple, you know, so uh, that was interesting. I think that's, yeah, it was, it was, a, it was a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for, for, for taking us. Thank yeah, for it was fantastic. But uh, like, like you said, like not everybody was completely on the same page, but in general, everybody had a, a agreement in a in a yeah in a basis yeah so so that was for me that was magical that you had this already mixed community right there in that room with all kinds of different opinions but uh all people with the nose is the same direction that's a dutch expression i don't know if it works here Yeah, I know. I mean, it's not, I don't know we have that one, but it's, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. So you have all noses <laughs> in the right direction. Yeah. In the same, in the so same direction. Yeah. It's funny because, you know, being married to Laura, like there's, there are absolutely phrases that do, like we have the same phrase, but like a different animal. Yeah. So <laughs> we say, don't, uh, uh oh, we let the cat out of the bag. What do you guys say? It's like when there's like a surprise and you let it out. I think you guys yeah. have a different animal. Like, uh, let the, the there comes the monkey out of the sleeve. Yes, that's exactly. <laughs> yeah, so it's like sleeve and monkey, cat and bag. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, pretty funny. <laughs> it is. Um, so you guys are based in Amsterdam. Yeah, and did you guys both grow up in Amsterdam? Mm -mm. No, I uh, I grew up in a little village with 6,000 people called Harmelen, uh, which is in the middle of Holland, uh, half an hour from... That's not Harlem, right? It's no. Different... Okay. No, Harlem is right next to yeah. Amsterdam, and this uh, little place is next to Utrecht, which is in the middle and only half an hour from Amsterdam. Right. Okay. But, uh, That's why I was yeah. trying to get a sense of the scale. Yeah. So is it pretty much an hour or two? Like in every direction in Holland, uh, yeah. To, you can you can spend a bit more time in a car when you drive up north mm -hmm. to Groningen or to the Dutch islands, then you'll be two or three hours. But yeah. then you made a really long trip. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, and did you grow up in Amsterdam? No, in the south, near the Belgian border in Breda. Okay. Yeah. And uh, did you go over to Belgium a lot too? Yeah. Yeah. I'm from uh, below the rivers, <laughs> so um, yeah, it's a it's a really nice part of the Netherlands. Um, super safe, and I don't know. I I felt like I had to leave to discover a bit more. Yeah. Yeah. And how do you like Amsterdam? It's good, but it's changing. Yeah. Changing. Uh, changing, as in there is less space 
uh, on multiple levels like. to yeah spaces in ground to to work uh, as in the competition with uh, all the people who make art uh, is high but also just finding empty spaces to work finding spaces to live i feel like the city is getting more and more uh, changed into an amusement park uh, and uh, then I feel like I don't want to live there. Mm. Um, I think it has a lot of parallels with Brooklyn. Yeah. I mean, parts of Brooklyn. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. As far as the way it's changing and yeah, and I'm, I'm but I'm not just talking about gentrification, but also just that. Uh, there's just a spree of Nutella shops everywhere. Um, and For tourists. Uh, gotcha. The, the, uh, I noticed um, a couple of weeks ago when I was walking in the center that I I changed the way I felt about, you know, when you come to Amsterdam, you first see, oh, those canals are great. I wish I one day I could live here in the center. It's in such a beautiful house. And then I... I noticed that I changed. I was like, ah, I would never want to live here anymore. This is, this is just so f- fake. Or all the, um, I don't know, doesn't feel connected to the people that used to live here or to the city that I think it once was. Or it's so, it's so polished. It's so clean. That's why I say amusement park. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the canals are still beautiful, but <laughs> yeah. to live there, I mean, you just walk through masses of tourists and. Your neighbors are probably big international corporate businesses. So, right. so I mean, yeah, yeah. that's uh, that's kind of what happened to my home, uh, Seattle, because I mean, Amazon started there, Starbucks started there, Microsoft started there. So it's not that these companies just came in out of nowhere; they actually did start there. But with Amazon becoming this tech. M- crazy giant monster thing um there's all of these like tech people coming in yeah and there's all these deals with like real estate for tech people so like the real estate prices went way up but there's all these deals where if you work for amazon you get discount like you, you're not paying that price even though yeah. the reason the price went up is because of amazon if you work for amazon you get discounts. Yeah. But then the people who've lived there forever don't get, like if they don't work for Amazon, they don't get those breaks. And I think it's like, you know, you're working not in the warehouse at Amazon, you're working in the tech division. Um, So yeah, so the city's kind of become a playground for like the tech elite, the tech. Yeah, whoever is uh, willing to spend a lot of money. Yeah. So so tourists or big big companies. And Mm -hmm. I think it's happening all over the world. And, that's actually why I'm happy doing this project here because I can sometimes also feel bad feel feel bad for being a tourist when I go somewhere. So I always like to travel, but with uh, with work, if if I have something to do, if I have, if I have something to give for that place, then I feel much better about myself uh, for polluting the air with my airplane trip and and. Uh, just consuming from the local uh, restaurants and make it more exploitable for tourists. So that's why I love doing this project because with this project, I hope to like give something back to the city, like focus on the local qualities of the artists that live here and showcasing them uh, for the people that live here 
uh, and show the importance. But at the same time, for me as a person, just learn something from what is happening here and how we can use that uh, for the artists in, in, in Holland. Yeah. I think yeah. Um, a lot of people, when they come to New York, you like the idea of making it here like it's it it's still it's not that it like that you lose this but um the idea of making it here when you first get here is like that you want to be say on Broadway like if you're an actor right you want to be on Broadway you want to be um in movies and stuff like that and it's not that you don't want that but I think when you live here for a while you realize there that there is also like local art and like those those things like Broadway and like movies and that type of thing those of course are visible those are the things that you see from all yeah. over the world yeah um but to understand that actually being an artist in New York there's all these communities and all these talented people um so there's some amazing things happening right here like that's why like this particular podcast I like the idea of it was like I saw a lot of stuff here and I've seen some people break out. Um, but the thing here is like, even if there's a local scene and even if people know about it, like artists know about it, there's a thing where as far as like the New York, like the New York times, of course it's a bigger one, but the local acts kind of like what you're saying. If you're living in the center of Amsterdam, your neighbors are big corporations here. It's like, if you're a local act, you're competing with Jay-Z. Yeah. And I'm talking like the local like <laughs> yeah. neighborhood um things, they talk about the like they talk about the big not that they shouldn't, but it feels like the art world gets a little bit more neglected here. It's it's weird. Or less visible. Yeah, or overshadowed. And, and would, yeah. Would you still like to play on Broadway? Is that a goal that you have? Yeah, it's I I, I don't know if I would say it's a goal per se. Um, like Hamilton's on Broadway, and recently I was talking with this agent, and like it had been in the back of my mind because I rap a little bit and I sing and I act. I don't really like doing musicals. Isn't like isn't what I want to do per se. Like it's not my main focus, but I do like acting. I do like singing. So it's not that they're not fun. And if it was like a show like Hamilton or Passing Strange, there there are some musicals that I really like. Like, of course I would do it. Now, that said, um, it's not my main goal right now um, to like, I'm not going to put all my eggs on that. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know if I was allowed to ask you questions too. But. Absolutely. <laughs> it's, it's a conversation. Yeah. Um, that said, like, so when, and this thing with this agent didn't work out which like whatever i'm <laughs> i'm moving on from it um but it's an interesting thing because because of that like i wasn't thinking about um my vocal training i wasn't thinking about um i wasn't thinking about musical theater at all but then because i did a little bit of work on the hamilton sides Doing the work on it made me realize, oh, I, I think I could and should actually play that role at some point or one of the roles yeah. in that show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and I don't want to put all my focus on that. Like, 
there's a, I have to focus a little bit and pick and choose, but I also think as an actor, because like I like singing, acting, right, other things, it's good to like, it's good to keep growing as an artist. So it's like do projects that make you grow. I should, my band, I've been neglecting my band over this summer. We should get back together and start playing music because it's good. Always. Yeah, yeah, do it. Um, yeah, but that, <laughs> yeah. the Antigone and Ferguson, um, because of working on the Hamilton sides, I found that voice teacher through a friend and he, like, I've wanted that specific skill set in a voice teacher for a while. Gospel background and classical background. Yeah. Um, to help, you know, be a better singer. Yeah. Um, and so because of that, like now working on that and I think just keep working on individual things, like maybe month, like take a different class is what yeah. I'm going to do, you know? Yeah. I, I'm, I, I asked that question because I, I uh, questioned myself for that. Uh, I don't act, but if I, um, I, um, because maybe we have our own little collective that's, I would, um, as an artist, I don't feel the urge to make something on a Broadway-ish, um, you know, on a Broadway-ish venue or so the. But I was thinking maybe it's because of the landscape here in arts and in compared to Amsterdam is so different that sometimes also the the goals become different. You understand what I mean? Because I think you you just say yeah, it it doesn't matter. I just want to play. Yeah. Yeah. Just let me grow. Let me become better in my profession. Uh, while we have the luxury now to say, uh, of course, we want to we want to grow, but we can create our own path. So it's not like which is in Holland a sustainable path. Yeah. yeah. So it's you know I I I when I apply for funding I get really get literally the question what is your path gonna look like and mm -hmm. you can. If you know how to do it, you can design it. Yeah. And then you're going to do that if it all works out. Yeah. Which is such a, another, just such another world. <laughs> yeah. And I think, um, like, to me, so I'm trying, like, one thing that, like, I'm working on doing kind of what I'm doing right now in general is trying to figure out how to create that path for myself yeah. right now um, here. Unfortunately, I mean, there are grants and things out there and I, I should do some research on that. Um, but there are some ways to do that, but also, so like podcasting in the U S I've seen several comedians be successful at that. It's like, there's different reasons for that, but what you, on what you're talking about, the thing that it came down to with the agent and why it didn't quite work out is because their question was, okay, well, so music, podcast, this, that, where does acting fit? And this was in the final meeting. And before that, I was saying, like, acting is the priority right now. But in the final meeting, I kind of lost my focus. And I should have just been talking about acting with that agent because that's what they wanted to hear. But I was trying to explain myself as an artist yeah. and where basically it's like, I think all of these things help me be, me be a better actor is like, if I'm being the best creative person I can be, which isn't just an actor, but to me, an actor could be ultimately yeah. should, should be a well-rounded person, you know? Yep. Um, 
but I didn't, I wasn't clear on that in that moment, you know? Um, so it's, it's tricky. Yeah. And then it's hard because you do ideally. Yeah. I, I would do some commercials, um, do some Broadway. Sure. Do you do these things? Um, and that would all be fine to me. Like that would all be great. I should say, but ultimately I want to do, I want to create new things too. Yeah. Which you probably can describe as your own artistic, your own like creative mind instead of being this technical, uh, well-trained, uh, artist. Right. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit more experimental, a little bit more messy than... I think now no, we are talking about it. I think here in the States, you have the underground kind of theater and performance and artists. And then you have the the Broadway, the Jay-Z, the, the, the more big commercial successful uh, artists. While in Holland, I think those paths are not on top of each other but they they grow next to each other mm -hmm. so they're just two parallel universe universes um i i think that's a, a different way of describing those those worlds and how they relate to each other yeah yeah that's also yeah. interesting i think in terms of theater that here uh some actors just act because acting is a profession and could be uh, on a play on Broadway, it could be in a movie or on television, while uh, just talking about myself, the theater w that we make, I really I really am not interested in making film. Mm. It's another profession. I'm, I don't think I'm good at it. I really like to make something that audience, that people can witness that they're there, that uh, you can use so many more cool elements of in terms of imagination, uh, uh, be creative in on multi multiple levels um, uh, it's really a a profession on a it, that's i uh, maybe it's not true but i was thinking ah sometimes over here it feels like the same profession it's like theater film television or what you said webisodes well i say no it's just theater that i really like which yeah. is so yeah i think but uh, most of the disciplines here feel more fluid and yeah. feel more yeah. like crossover yeah. and they touch each other uh and i don't know whether that's no. better or worse no, like no, like i mean it's it's just a different way <laughs> how, how all these things uh live next to each other yeah and there def there definitely are actors that are prefer one or the other um <laughs> sure yeah but yeah, but you're right. And I think that's also a, a New York specific thing because mm -hmm. in order to survive in New York, you have to learn how to wear many hats. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is, I think it's good because I do think ultimately it makes the people that come out of New York more resilient. Because yeah, no, it's super interesting that, yeah. that all of the people we met are... Mm, all of them, multiple things at one at, in in their profession. And very talented. It, yeah, that's that's something to really consider. I'm thinking about it all the time. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's special and it makes the city super alive. You feel yeah. that because everybody's doing so many different things, it's bubbling everywhere. Yeah. Like it's versus like, and I'm, I, I keep <laughs> comparing it to LA, but it's just um, because in LA, it's much more, there are like, there's great art in LA, but there's a bunch of people who go to LA specifically to be famous like and that's like a different thing than like people come to New York it's not that nobody wants to be famous in New York but people are like chasing success more in New York I guess and like mm. some people that may be fame but like LA there are people that go specifically they want to be famous like whatever that means yeah, yeah. Um, and so then some of those people call themselves actors and then if you have a conversation with them like there's nothing about acting it's like about reality tv or like making the viral video which fine who am i to say what is and isn't an actor but like in new york if somebody says they're something like or if they say something they have like stories about what it is that they're doing with it you know and i have a question you were talking about last day about that here you either have commercial success and then you're a successful artist, but there is, it seems like there is no such thing as being artistically successful, but not financial. Like it, it seems compared like in Holland, we have like great, great actors that, uh, that aren't famous mm -hmm. or that aren't, uh, super wealthy. I mean, you have... Yeah, or the, the, the government says you can still, you know, create beautiful shows and it's okay that only 40 people, or maybe it's not completely okay, but that only 40 people a night come and see it and uh, still supporting all those things just because of the quality, not because, you know, it's sold out every night or that it's not only judged on success in terms of commercial success do you know any big actors in terms of their quality uh but that aren't famous um i mean i think there's a bunch like it's but it's so i think the thing that is nice in new york is i guess success is measured not necessarily in commercial success like success but if you're able to survive fully off of your art yeah any new york artist would yeah. consider that as a victory yeah just because um it's so expensive in new york that even like a lot of other professions also people need multiple jobs like for business professions yeah. too when they're like trying to get in because it's so competitive here um people get away with not paying people for a long time and there's no there's no government control to like make sure people are living like making a living wage even if they're working right crazy hours trying to get their foot in the door somewhere um they have people have to work multiple jobs so one when people can like make a living doing something that they love that's considered a success here for sure um but i think the other thing here is as hard as it is um there is a camaraderie and respect among people who may be making their full-time living um, with people who are working hard to like 
to grow as artists. Yeah. There's a, it's not that the struggling, nobody, it's not like, it's not worshiping the struggling artist, but there's a love and respect and camaraderie in the struggle yeah. here because yeah. it's not easy. So anybody here that's sticking it out and struggling and we're, and you see them working hard. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of like pride. There's a lot of support for that. Uh, and it's inspiring because also you see people who maybe some of the people who become successful aren't necessarily the ones who are most talented to start with. They're the ones who just kept work. Like maybe they were like levels below some other people, but they kept just going, just kept working super hard. And that, you know, it shows you that if you do that, like you'll, you can be successful if you work hard enough. Yeah. I think you should do it. It has to be something you love and probably usually the things you love, you're a little bit good at, you know, at least. Yeah. Like if you can't, sing at all like if you can't hear if you're tone deaf maybe you can learn i don't know <laughs> but that you know what i mean might not maybe yeah, there's something but up. it doesn't give any strength to hold on and keep on going right. yeah. yeah so yeah but i don't think most i think most people figure those you know you figure those things out like yeah yeah, yeah that's the process of life in general yeah <laughs> Uh, so when and how did you guys form? Uh, six, five, five years, six years ago. Um, pretty uh, randomly uh, idea in a bar, thinking about making a play uh, about uh, the 90s, the years that we uh, grew up in that formed or shaped um the way we perceived the uh, you know the world at the time uh, to make a play about that reminiscing about being uh, in high school stuff like that and then um uh, we gave a, a 90s party afterwards and we did that in um, a fancy theater in Amsterdam and um we reached a super young uh crowd with it and I think our most heard reaction was, oh, I didn't know this could be theater. It's really fun. Uh, I'm here in this fancy building, but in a, I'm not a good place. And um, we played the this, this show at uh, 11 at night and then afterwards the party. And then we kept on talking about it, that uh, we find it so important to reach more, uh, to reach a different crowd and to reach those young people that live in the city, but that, still have the feeling that theater is something for uh, not for them uh, and then we kind of developed uh, uh, that into a strength of of the stuff we make or we try to make yeah and it's really something we initiated very conscious because I was doing a lot of theater before and then I thought hey I'm not inviting my friends for the premiere anymore because I'm not proud of <laughs> what it is yeah. And then I thought, okay, now something is wrong. Um, and I thought theater could be something for people uh, from my generation. But all my friends from high school, they never went to theater because they only thought it was dull or boring or very luxurious or chic or elite. Um, 
and, and so then we came up with a plan to do a piece in the city theater um, but right next to a bar that I was programming so all the nightlife audience we wanted to lure into our play um, and that succeeded and then our mission statement was was born to like create theater for for all kinds of people and make it more uh inclusive mm -hmm. yeah that's uh that's going to be an interesting thing actually with commercial theater specifically here in the u.s um which i mean i see what broadway's done a little bit with it but the a lot of the broadway audience is old and it's going to be dying yep. and so yeah so the importance of developing newer things and there because there are some cool things that happen on broadway but the the thing i guess that i've seen happen now is like a lot of there's a lot of broadway or theater shows that became movies that are now adapted into musical versions right. of the movie that was the book yeah. or the play or something. Um, so that's, cause that's just, you know, jumping off of the like film crowd, but yeah, I wonder what's going to happen in the next 10 years. Yeah. But it's important like to develop a new, new audience, you know? Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. And so how many uh, productions have you guys done? Uh, I think we do one and a half each year. So we did now uh, we did seven. And also we uh, initiate uh, projects with other collectives or other groups that we uh, end up playing in festivals. Or um, we're also doing uh, little projects on the side. But m most of the time, yeah, one and a half every year. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Like you do, what do you do like on the side? Um, so uh, it's only theater work. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, no, that's that's what we do. Oh, so like like different theater jobs. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Or in the, so the, in the just before the summer, we did a, a very big collaboration with eighty theater people. We went to a festival with eighty performers. And we made um, uh, 24 hours of theater. So that's also something which, I don't know in which category. That's not one show. It's just a big collaboration, just a big project. Um, but uh, do we do other stuff on the side? I, I sometimes act with the other theater companies and, uh, and a little bit of movies and television on the side. But uh, mostly just our our theater company, nineties, yeah. yeah. And so so for instance, we rehearse two months and then we tour for uh, two or three months. So then you're already busy with five months if you do one piece a year. But then most of the time we do two pieces a year, and then you already have most ten of months of year. work. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then the rest of the time you're writing uh, for funding and grants and. Yeah, that those are the unpaid months. Those are shitty, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's how it goes. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, what are you guys? How are you feeling about this New York trip so far? It's so interesting. Just like I said, I, I I'm glad that 
I'm here this week not for being a tourist and just consuming the city, uh, but really trying to set things up and uh, create, hopefully, to create something uh, that can contribute to the city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. and it's and it's and it's super interesting to see how this city works and how arts work and what kind of different uh, uh, styles of theater you have here. Um, yeah, it's it's very interesting to put that next to what is happening in Holland. Yeah. Yeah, I guess we learned a lot. Very inspired, and uh, looking looking forward. Have, we have no clue what will come out of it, but that's that's cool. Yeah. yeah. We're not in a hurry. We we have all the time in the world. Yeah. Right. Slow cooking. Yeah. <laughs> that's good to do. Yeah. Um, is there anything else you guys want to talk about? Have you seen European theater? Do you go to see it over here when you, when you have time or do you, th- are you not interested? Um, yeah, I've seen, like I saw one or two pieces at Orkater, I know. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I did, a play when I was younger with a South African group and so I've seen like South African theater um I grew up like in Seattle seeing a lot of theater um I think this year it's fun because you know a hard thing when you move to New York is the first part is just kind of figuring out how to survive um and maybe you're chasing one thing And if you're just chasing one thing, even though you know, oh, I should see more plays. Like, I saw some plays when I came to visit before I actually moved here. But then when I moved here, I was just, like, not seeing anything at first. I was just, like, auditioning and then working and just running around. Um, And then, you know, doing music, seeing a lot of music, like, when I was focusing on that. And now kind of coming back to do more theater work it's a good time now to like i'm seeing more stuff than i've seen in a while yeah you know and realizing when you're realizing that the city's gonna move at the pace it's gonna move at regardless of me (laughs) and so it's good to like stop and like see things too yeah so yeah i'm definitely interested i've seen some um but like there's a lot of different yeah no things. it's not something you can say like in general but i was just wondering the i think in the, at the at the bam of the or the la mama you could see a lot of in, like white international uh stuff yeah yeah definitely interested yeah um i also when i was 10 i collaborated with a russian group <laughs> um how's that that was so I was the youngest in the group, and it was with a group called Seattle Peace Theater, and we worked with the young actors of Moscow, and I was like the the baby of the group from Seattle, but it was my first time away from my parents, so I was very happy. Wow. Um, but the coup happened when we mm. were there, and we took a vote. I was I turned ten there. There was a kid who was like 12 or 13 and he was very homesick the whole time we were there. Like he was crying and I was just like, 
We're this here. is like the best. <laughs> you know what I mean? We're kids away from our parents in another country. I was like, this is the best. Um, but we took the vote and I voted that we stayed and did our show. Um, but we lost the vote and we had to come back a little bit early. We were still there um, for like a month. But hmm. yeah, I think we didn't end up doing the show in Moscow like we were supposed to. Oh, yeah. We but Then we did it back in Seattle because... Because this little children's theater group was in Moscow when the coup happened. It became like a local news story. So when we came home to Seattle, we did something. Um, But that being said, like I've always enjoyed, like, be it the South Africans, be it the Russians, seeing how the, like, seeing how other cultures like the culture of theater how it's similar and how there's different different things yeah Yeah. you know i had another uh, thought but it's back to a topic uh we already discussed but uh, we are also trying to combine pop culture with our art so we 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 make theater about themes that that are widely spoken in popular culture and what's inspiring for me here in New York is that pop culture and art are way more close to yeah. each other, merged to each other. Uh, for instance, the, the Untitled is based on a TV program from the, from the 80s where uh, Jean-Michel Basquiat was part of it, who is now being displayed in the Guggenheim in Bilbao and in the high-class art scene, uh, while Madonna was also a mm-hmm. guest of that same thing, which is like the icon of pop culture yeah. nowadays. And they were working together and they were next to each other. And um, in Holland, I think because you have like the artistic path and the commercial path, they go parallel. They sometimes they bite each other or they, yeah, they, they, don't, they mix don't mix that mix. mix that well. And I think that's, that's a shame because I see something really exciting that happens with pop concerts where low educated people uh, uh, go to right next to lawyers or wall street people or people from the bakery or hispanic they all are in that same venue watching the same show and that for us that's uh something really uh to hopefully to achieve someday to have theater for a wide range of different kind of people. Yeah. And I do think music is like uniquely suited in that way. Mm. Uh, Yeah. It's easier. I mean, it's abstract, uh, but, but it, yeah. What you said too, like when I just was focusing on my band, I remember being like, Oh, like much more inclined to invite people to that than the theater than the theater stuff that I was doing before because yeah like with theater it's like with conventional theater a lot of times it's like well I'll invite people that like theater yeah yeah versus music it's like no I'll invite you to see my because it's music I'm gonna gonna invite everybody yeah 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 yeah, yeah. and and you're gonna like it yeah and but I can say easier that probably they would like it just because it's a different like that's traditionally how theater is, but it doesn't have yeah. to be. No, so no, changing it doesn't have to be. Yeah. yeah, it really yeah. doesn't have to be. 
Yeah, and it's it is weird that it is. Yeah, like a Broadway crowd. And I think why isn't it like a con- concert more? Yeah. And I also think that a lot of people don't go to theater not because they they think it's boring, but also because they're they're afraid that they won't get it. Yeah. And then they they will feel stupid. But I always like to think if I don't get it, then I don't like the art and I don't like the artist. But it has nothing to do with me and I'll try another time and that's it. So I hope that more and more people have will get that same mentality that yeah. they're not afraid that they don't have to feel stupid if they don't get it then it's not their thing and that's fine yeah but and it's like with try me, it because we do it with music too yeah like it's like there's definitely things that i know i like but then you can see something in that genre that you don't like also you can go and see something and like oh well this isn't really my my music but i like this yeah and and it's not a thing. You don't feel bad. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, but yeah, with theater, I guess it's theater has a thing that's a little bit like, it shouldn't be like this, but theater sometimes is more, people feel like it the same way as going to a museum, more so than they feel like it going to a concert. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, you know what I mean? but then still in New York, if I go to the Whitney, I'm surprised about what kind of people go there. I mean, yeah. it's it's far more interesting mix of people than. Uh, but then I Holland. think, and then I think it's because uh, New York, the art yeah. and the pop. So it's like the yeah. people come to New York and it's like, oh, what are you supposed to? Do? You're supposed to go to the museums. You're supposed to yeah see a Broadway show. You're supposed to see music. So people yeah. do everything. Yeah, just indulge is, it. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. You talked me up on New York, you know? <laughs> I think everybody who lives here who loves it also hates it sometimes just because it's like, it's a love-hate. Yep. But most people aren't just like, oh, New York, everything is great about it. You know what <laughs> I mean? But there are a lot of great things. Luckily. Also, I got to say, I, love, I do love Amsterdam. And not being, being a unique person, being an outsider visiting it, but not being a normal tourist either like every time i've been there it's been with laura and yeah. all of those people so i haven't like i've done some of the tourist things but it's but i wasn't walking around like a tourist you know i was, yeah. walk, I was a guest yeah yeah, yeah it's better it's a Hampshire. better role yeah it's always a better role to have um but i do i do love that city too yeah um and it's a interesting thing that we think about like you know maybe in a few years uh and it's a funny, funny thing with that is my thing thinking about Amsterdam is like, well, I don't know what I would do over there. But then like just over the recent years, I was like, oh, art, like, and you know what I mean? I'd have to figure out what it is. Like, I don't know how that would go over, but there's an interesting thing that I think maybe bring it full circle but like we were talking about race and stuff like that over there it's an interesting thing that maybe and like i i would have to talk about it Mm -hmm. but it would be an interesting thing because like i would already be uh an american over there um and so it's like an outsider 
just because, just because not being from there at all. Um, and then talking about race and a culture from like an outsider's perspective, it could be a, a place to maybe start a conversation yeah, with absolutely. people who might, you know what I mean? Some yeah. kind of bridge. So yeah, come. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, I mean, I like it there. Yeah. Um, but you guys come back, you know, I'm excited to have you guys over here working over here. Um, was there anything else we should talk about at the moment? I'm okay. Uh, politics, <laughs> race. Uh. <laughs> so if you got like you guys come back and do the work, like a workshop thing, could be. We're still figuring out what the way to go is. Yeah. We, we recently learned that maybe workshopping or um, applying for residencies could be the way to go. But yeah. We're still trying to figure out if that's really true and if that's possible. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know it's possible. Yeah. But yeah, you know, I think, like you said, it's like, um, especially with the work you guys do, but I think the work of like New York artists also is like this, where you know what you want to do, you have the idea and then you devise it. So you don't know what it's, what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, just have to start with the idea and go from there. Yeah. I learned you know? that word today. Device. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. That's probably, yeah, that's probably, <laughs> It's going to be my new word. <laughs> Devising everything. Yeah. Devised music theater. But, yeah. mu but music. See, it sounds like musical. Yeah. It is yeah. tricky. Yeah. 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 Devised theater in, with a lot of music. In in England, they, they call our work gig theater, which I already like more because then it, sounds it like implies it's, it's, it's the form of a concert mm -hmm. instead of a musical where actors breakout singing yeah um but yeah and also in holland we, we are still looking for the right word because music theater it's also a very uh, classical it's also term a bit of old-fashioned in, in, in holland yeah. so so a lot of people if they hear here we're doing music theater then they're like oof <laughs> that sounds uh, way too old school for me <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, and it's also, I don't know, maybe it doesn't have to be 100% defined either. Yeah, you know? no, and it keeps on changing. It's fine, yeah. Yeah, the definition also shifts. So if 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 the form doesn't shift, then the definition will shift. So, I mean, we got to find new words every, every time. Every time. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> also, like we were talking about, uh, that's just a other story but we were talking about what would be sexy lingerie for <laughs> for 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 men and uh i thought oh yeah it's it's hard that that like this difference between masculine and feminine that, that how it doesn't mix anymore sexuality is more associated with with feminine and masculine sexiness most of the time sounds like something tacky or cheesy or whatever um but then i thought of the word which was used around 2000 which is a metro man yeah 
Yeah, I haven't heard but, that used in a while. Right? I was thinking about that the other day for some reason. Maybe it I was listening to like, Yeah. But it's, it, it, yeah. The metrosexual. Yeah. It was the it was the man who uses creams and yeah and yeah or or a nail polish like me <laughs> and like uh, thinks about fashion yeah, more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think that just cha- like I think he just left. men just well I think it just became more acceptable that men um, could like take care of themselves yeah. and think about fashion too. That just became actually the norm. There's like a lot more uh, like you used to just have soap for men and yep. like shaving cream and now you have like a whole section of like beauty men products body wash, yeah. men face cream like well i think it also has to do with with the whole gender thing right now because it's all about uh, uh, being gender fluid and define what gender you are but uh, i think in those days people are trying to stretch the definition of what is masculine or feminine and say hey wearing nail polish isn't a feminine thing per right. se yeah uh but now it seems like we're trying to define define genders again so we need all those things to have its own uh, uh place yeah say okay nail polish is feminine so if you want to be a woman then you wear nail polish. So we're, it feels sometimes like we're back into old definitions of, yeah. Old norms. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I I don't know how I come up with this story. <laughs> Nobody knows. I think just about like de- de- Oh yeah, the words and, and, and meanings shifting. Yeah. Because um, that is a, that's going to be yeah, so that's an interesting one because with that being such a thing and then there's a big thing in the U.S. about the political correct terms to call people who um, are more gender fluid. Yeah. Um, but then it gets complicated because it's... You're going to objectify it. You're, you're going to, yeah, yeah d- like, define it. But like the at whole... the end of the day, like ultimately, I think it'll come down to it shouldn't, it doesn't matter what somebody is. Like as far as yeah. like, it doesn't matter if somebody is him, her, they, them. It doesn't matter who you define that person as. Yeah. You should still treat somebody with the same amount of respect, regardless of yeah who they are and who they define as. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so with that respect, I guess it comes down to if you know what somebody prefers, then you refer to them as that. Where it is right now is there's arguments over, like, people don't know what to refer people as. And I think the thing in that conversation is people are going to have to be sensitive and flexible on that, meaning... If people don't know what to call somebody, you can't get mad if they say the wrong thing. You you can correct them. Yeah, by, just just tell me how you want to be called. Yeah, and um, and at the end of the day, again, it doesn't, it shouldn't matter ultimately. Yeah, what the definition is, you know what I mean? Because yeah. we're not, we're not defined by we're not we're not our definitions. Yeah, we are who we are. Yeah. 
And so you guys are the 90s. Um, you know, the definition is not who you are, you know? Yeah. Who you are is who you are. And people, when they come see the work, they'll they'll yeah. walk away with their own impressions and yeah, for, for, for me, that's that's a big, big achievement in life in general to find a balance between analyzing stuff and letting things be like mm-hmm. give things a definition or see it as a whole holistic thing. Like, when do you want to cut things out into all kinds of different pieces to see how it works and sometimes just. Let it work. Let it grow. Yeah. No. Um, so you guys are, when you guys get back, do you guys have any stuff you're working on? Like right when you get back mm-hmm. from this trip? Uh, yeah. Next week we're doing a little reading in a bar from uh, an old playwright who passed away last year. He was our friend and we met him in, in that bar all the time. So we, um, it's a typical old Amsterdam brown bar. When, mm. when is that happening? Uh, next Monday. Next Monday is the first. Uh, it's not this coming Monday, but the no. no. This oh, this coming Monday. Yeah. Oh yeah, you say coming Monday, and then next is the Monday. Uh, so what is that? The eighth. Eighth. Yeah. yeah. This might come out on Monday. Um, oh, and cool. there are a couple people who listen in Amsterdam. Oh, and it's cool. today. <laughs> so yeah, uh, come check so it where, out. Where is it at? In Cafe Welling tonight <laughs> at eight thirty in Cafe Welling. Yeah, 8.30 or how do you say it in, because um, you guys use the... the. When we say it, we just say 8 oh, o'clock. Okay. But uh, if we write it, then we say 20, 20, hour. 20 hundred hours. Yeah. Did not know that. Yeah. Yes, we taught you something too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, cool. Yeah. Uh, awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you guys have any final thoughts Keep up the good work. Yeah. You guys too. You guys too. Um, I wish I was there in Amsterdam this Monday. Um, but those listening should be there. You know? Cool. What was the name of the playwright, by the way? Ton Forstebos. Yeah. R.I.P. Um, well, thank you guys very much. Thank for you. For sitting down and having a conversation with me. Um, we'll be hanging and talking more off camera. But thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks. <laughs> So that was my conversation with Anna Micah and Yannick of 90s Productions, the Amsterdam-based theater music collective company. Um, we don't have the exact translation of what that is here in the States. Um, and also, you know, as any artistic endeavor, there is no definition that explains all of them for their own unique things. Um, but I had a great time hanging out, getting to know Anamika and Yannick. I look forward to collaborating with them in the New York production of Untitled based on TV Party. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. Um, I hope that they're having a good time in Amsterdam right now. Um, I'm, I look forward to getting back out there in March. Um, if you've enjoyed the first 50 episodes of Bushwick Variety Show, please subscribe, rate, review, and share. Um, and let me know what you want to hear for the next 50 episodes. It's been a huge learning process for me so far, um, and 
I look forward to see where this goes. Um, Thank you so much for listening and going on this journey with me. And I will talk to you soon. Take care. Peace.